It is by the examples of the New Testament Bible that we know what we are to do today in the New Testament church. After the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, he gave to the New Testament church the ministries of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. From heaven, Jesus called and ordained his ministers for the New Testament church. And this continues to this present day in the New Testament church. And it will continue to be such until Jesus returns to gather the church at the end of this world. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. There are several examples of New Testament prophets in the book of Acts. We'll look at a few of these today because there are churches that falsely teach that there are no more prophets today. Yet in the book of Acts, we have many examples of prophets working in the New Testament church. We'll start with Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit 
that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. And when the disciples heard this, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Acts chapter 15, verse 32. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them in the faith. Acts chapter 15, verse 40. And Paul chose Silas, a prophet, and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. One of the persons Paul took with him on his missionary trips was the prophet Silas. Acts chapter 18, verse 5. And when Silas, a prophet, and Timethus, an evangelist, were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Acts chapter 15, verse 22. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was a prophet, surnamed Barnabas, and Silas, a prophet, chief men among the brethren. When they were forming the churches, they sent apostles and prophets to the churches to show them the way of God. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius, and Cyrene, and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Acts 21 And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed, and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did 
prophesy. Prophecy is for the church. These daughters, in order to prophesy, would have to be able to speak the prophecy to the churches. Verse 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. We see these examples of New Testament prophets as shown in the New Testament Bible as they do the work in the New Testament church. Those persons who say there are no more prophets do not speak truthfully. You can even take these scriptures from the book of Acts and show them prophets working in the New Testament church. From 1977 to 1982, I attended a church in the Dallas area called Word of Faith. They professed to have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers working in the church. Now, they never did bring forth apostles, but they believed that they exist for the church. I owned a small business at that time in American Indian Arts. From the time I was born again, God worked with me, preparing me to be a minister, working with me, showing me how to do the work of a prophet. I did not tell the people at that church group or anywhere else that God had called me as a prophet. I just stayed quiet and allowed God to work with me. And when he gave me one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I would speak that gift in the Bible class. And the people recognized that the hand of God was on me because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that came forth from me. But still, I didn't tell them I was a prophet. One Sunday morning at Word of Faith, the pastor, Robert Tilton, made the following statement to the congregation. Joan Boney is not a teacher. She is a prophetess. 
telling all in the congregation that office to which God had called me. The Bible teacher of the class that I had attended all those years said, that's right, that's what it is. For many times he had started to say, Joan is a called teacher to the body of Christ. But he said he had had a little check in his spirit, and it just didn't feel right. And now he said he knew it was not a teacher that I operated under the office. It was a prophet. I never told him anything about the office of apostle. I didn't have any instruction from God to tell them at that time, and I just never mentioned it. But I had both offices, apostle, prophet. After I was born again in the night, I was transported into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no physical images. It was strictly an experience in the Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with Jesus. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. And God revealed to me I had these two callings on my life, apostle and prophet, and he taught me how to do the work of apostle and prophet in the New Testament church today. The two ordinations when I was taken into heaven were ordinations for the offices of apostle and prophet. During this time of 1982-83, Bob Tilton started a television program in the Dallas area. One of the prophets from the church, her name was Ava Pickard, was invited to be on Bob's TV show. That night after the show, she called me. And she was in tears. She said that before they went on camera, Bob said to her, Just one thing, Ava, don't mention anything about being a prophet because it's not popular. When he said that to her, it was the same as killing a prophet. I went to him and told him because he had killed a prophet. His house would be left to him desolate. You read that in Matthew 23. I left that church because God gave me a dream telling me that I must leave that church group. After I left that group in 1982, some very terrible things happened. ABC did an investigative report about the offerings that were being sent from all over the United States to that group. 
members began trying to file lawsuits against Robert Tilton because he promised them an hundredfold return, which they were not receiving. Bob and his wife, Marty, divorced. Bob married another woman. They divorced, and he later married a third woman. He finally lost the whole church building, and the city of Farmer's Branch tore the building down and created a youth hockey center on that property. There is no evidence today that I know of of a church ever having met at that location. Bob went off to Florida and tried to start another church, and then he left Florida and went to California, and the last report I've seen about him is that he bought a hotel in Culver City, California. His house was destroyed. Many people will not know the reason it was destroyed, but I know it was destroyed because he killed a prophet on that TV show because it would not be popular. Bob went after popularity, and it destroyed him. We, as ministers of God, serve God. We are not free to speak anything we want to speak. We must speak that which God wants us to speak. One time, I was in a meeting at a small church in Hobbs, New Mexico. En route back to Dallas, all day, all during the plane ride, and all the time, all that day, I kept hearing one message from God. The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I heard this over and over and over all day. Within a few days, God began showing me sins that were being committed by big-time ministers. I tried to get messages to those ministers, but I learned that the message that I had recorded and had written for them was just being thrown away. So finally, God gave me scripture to show me to give these messages on my own radio broadcast, which were from coast to coast. Name the minister by name. Tell of the problem. I did that, and hate mail poured into our office from the church people. But the minister did get the message. During that time, I had a meeting in Seattle at the convention center. The radio station manager had always been so friendly to me, and he was waiting 
outside the meeting room as I came to the meeting. And George said to me, Joan, you have so many good messages. Just speak those messages. But if you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit rose up inside me, and I said to George, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message. So I may as well be off the air. That ruled over me for the rest of my life. We don't speak to please men. We speak to please God. Therefore, we must speak the message that we believe God has given to us to speak. And this is what I learned to do and what I did do. When Jesus returns, those ministers who have corrupted the word of God and have spoken things to please themselves and to be popular and to please others will be destroyed by Jesus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. The Antichrist church will be destroyed by Jesus and the world will be destroyed by Jesus. What we do is cling to Scripture, and we line ourselves up with Scripture and agree with God on the various subjects. And we are saved by that word with which we agree. And at the judgment seat of Christ, our words will then agree with God and with Jesus and we will be saved. Some will be turned away. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 Jesus says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. We overcome by hearing what God wants us to speak and by yielding to the Holy Spirit and choosing to speak that word. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.